Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 210 of the Quickie Podcast. My name is Dave Hopkins, and uh, thanks for being here. Welcome. Welcome here. Today, my guest is Jeff Denime. He is the founder of Haunted Zoo and also Hot Hive Studios. He has sold clothes illegally through West 49 for his brand. He has owned a hot sauce company. He has run for city council. The guy has done nearly everything except HVAC. (laughs) You don't get that joke yet, but you will. During this episode, we talk about how he was originally going to just skateboard and work at Chrysler. That's those East Coast, Southern Ontario towns. We then talk about his blue-collar family and how he started down the path toward HVAC, just getting a good old HVAC degree, and uh, on day three, realized uh, not quite the uh, direction for him to go, and what his parents said about that. We also talk about becoming an artist before doing any art. What? He also tells us about looking up to an artist at Shag, that's the, uh, the Instagram tag there, and the impact on his career from early on. He mentions a bunch of other great artists that have inspired him along the way. Jeff then shares with us the time that he met Andy Howell and what that meant to him. We then talk about the challenge with keeping pricing and ultimately your integrity early on in your career while you're trying to build something, trying to create something and get to a goal that you can see. He then shares with us a little bit about the Vans Warped Tour, how it almost didn't happen for him, but also how impactful that was for his career. And then right at the end, he tells us about an awesome little project that he is working on to raise funds and support frontline workers during this COVID-19 crazy uh, time here and uh, what he's planning and releasing for that. Ladies and gentlemen, I love Jeff's energy. I really enjoyed this conversation and I know you will too. So let's get to it. Hit the music. Welcome to the Quickie Podcast, the daily interview show where we talk to graphic designers about their journey to the creative field, and we do it in 30 minutes or less. So, are you ready for a Quickie? Jeff, welcome to the Quickie Podcast. How are you, sir? I am fantastic. How about yourself? Doing terrific. What time is it there on the East Coast? You're what, like 4.15? 4.15. Awesome. Well, we'll carry you into dinner time here. <laughs> Perfect. So first question I got to ask you is, are you ready for a quickie? You know I am. Awesome. We'll start with the tough stuff. Briefly tell the listeners about yourself. Uh, my name is uh, Jeff Denemy. I currently uh, reside in my hometown of Windsor, Ontario. It's uh, right across the river from Detroit. As I showed you a little bit earlier, you can mm-hmm. see it, you can see it from my backyard. Literally across the uh, river. <laughs> literally. Uh, a splash away, and uh, yeah, I'm a I'm a designer, illustrator, a painter, uh, a father, a husband, a, a DIYer, an entrepreneur. Uh, basically, I, I can I, I I find out ways to to make it make it work. <laughs> Perfect. You just figure it out as you go along. Classic creative. Classic creative. <laughs> Actually, remind me to show you what uh, this crazy invention that I made for these uh, uh, pocket doors. Anyway, 
<laughs> and Inventor were adding to the list. Inventor, yeah, Inventor, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, man. Well, um, I like to start off the show by kicking it way back, and I want to ask you what your childhood was like. Do you feel that you had a creative childhood that sort of pointed you in this career path? Uh, I, I don't know. Like, I, I don't remember exactly, but I mean, my parents always, you know, kind of supported anything that I wanted to do, any creative, mm-hmm. crazy creative endeavor. And I was always the kid that was kind of like renting the ice and getting all the guys, you know, to play hockey or, or whatever. Um, in a creative way, I don't know. I was definitely always doodling, but I never really thought about it. I never thought that that was a, you know, a, a career path. Like I'm from, I'm from Windsor, Ontario. So it's a very blue collar, uh, Chrysler's GM Ford, mm-hmm. uh, city. So like, that's what I thought I was going to do. I was like, Oh, just all you have to do is just skateboard and then work at Chrysler's. there is no other option like that's just that's what you do yeah uh and i got old and older and i was like wait a second i can do some other things um but uh, yeah they're always supportive but like the funny part is like looking back and actually i didn't even realize this until you kind of messaged me to do this interview and then i and then i kind of was like wait a second uh it made me think about it there was a program back in the day called print shop gold print shop gold yeah, it was like okay. when computers first came out. I'm talking, so I was like 10 or 12 years old. So like I'm almost 40 now. Um, and you were able to make um, like birthday cards on like eight and a half by 11, whatever. You just it, it like laid it out in a way that you can just like fold it after. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I used to love that stuff. Like like I'm talking love. Like I was like, I'm making cards for everything, you know. <laughs> um, but at the time, I didn't know what that was or what you know. It was just it was just a thing. And like Angel Fire websites, like all oh, like back in the day. But even even that at that point, I still didn't know about graphic design or about design or or anything. It was just something that got me excited, you know. Yeah. Uh, um, and then funny enough, I was actually gonna try and find it, but I didn't, I didn't have time. I had a meeting with a client. Um, but, uh, so basically, and I didn't know this existed. It's almost like a time capsule. So about three years or so ago, uh, the Windsor, the Windsor area, uh, flooded, mm-hmm. uh, with, a, with a bunch of like hard rains and, and whatever. And my parents were like, okay, you finally have to come to the house and, and get your stuff. Like bring it to your house. Yeah. <laughs> like they have a big enough house that it was just in the basement. I'm like, ah, I'll find the time capsules when the time comes. <laughs> So they were like, okay, like we're literally throwing out the whole basement. So come and get what you want or it's in this dumpster. Yeah. So I was going through this tote and I found a folder with, uh, with advertisements from like skate magazines. Uh, and it was, and it funny enough, it was like, say like new deal, uh, ads or sheep shoes, um, hookups, which is like, was like the kind of sexy little Asian characters, yeah. uh, uh, stuff like that. And I found it. And I was like, oh, my God. I'm like, this is what I do today. You know, <laughs> I'm like, holy, like, it was it was so cool to see that I like this as like a, you know, 12 to 16 year old. Yeah. Uh, and then it disappeared forever. And then now I actually, this is my job. This is what I actually do. And I was, it was just like, it was super cool to, to, to kind of find that. Um, but uh, yeah. But, and then another thing. So I didn't even really consider myself an artist until I was about 19. Mm-hmm. Uh, if that kind of answers the question about the childhood thing, I actually went to school for uh, heating and cooling. Yep. So uh, that for, again, that blue collar original direction for three days. It was three days. It lasted three days. <laughs> you really put the time in. <laughs> well, it was kind of funny because uh, like my dad and I don't blame him. My dad was like, "Oh, you know, get a trade. Like, heating and cooling is a good trade to have. 
you'll you'll never you'll never starve. You know that people always need that. I was like, okay, cool, sounds good. So on uh, the first day, I went in there and uh, I knew a couple guys from high school. Like, oh, what's up, boys? You know, a couple high fives here and there. Yeah. And uh, and then on day three, we went into like the actual like factory setting of like you know the machines and the grease and the like whatever and. Uh, I got like this grease stain on my shorts, you know, and I'm like, all right, I can't, I, I got, it wasn't so much the grease stain. Like I get dirty now with paint, but it was like, I can't be in this like dark dismal, uh, setting all my life, mm-hmm. not knowing that you don't actually have to be in that setting all day. Um, <laughs> I was just, so I went home and my mom was like, Oh, Hey son, like how was school? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, Oh, it was terrible. And terrible. Uh, I'm out. Yeah, and she's like, what do you mean? I was like, well, I, I don't want to do that for the rest of my life. And she's like, well, then don't go to it. I'm like, well, dad said to do it. And uh, she's like, tell your dad. So this is the funny kind of, This is almost like the, 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 the fold-over point of how this whole thing started. So I was all scared to tell my dad, and I just told him. I thought he was going to be mad. Yeah. And uh, I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to school on Monday. Like, I'm done. Because it was still – you could still get your money back, you know? Like, it, yeah. was, it was really enough. And uh, – but I was like, what do you mean you're not going to go to school? Like, what are you going to do? And I said, well, I'm going to be an artist. He was like, all right, what do you mean you're going to be an artist? Like, you don't even do art. But I just knew. I somehow knew. And I didn't do art. <laughs> I, just, I just knew that's what I wanted to do. And uh, he was like, all right, I guess. Like, but And my dad's like my biggest supporter. Like, no yeah. one no, no one supports me harder than my, than my dad. Uh, so, but and now I am an actual artist. And I actually make money doing this. Yeah. So, so it's kind of funny. But I just like I literally decided. I was like, I'm 19. I'm going to be an artist. Have you ever drawn anything? Not really. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. You just you appreciated art. You appreciated design, and you knew a little bit about it, even though you didn't really do any of it. Yeah, yeah. It I love fun. it. And hey, we got a refund on the schooling. No harm done there. Yeah. I mean, looking back 20 years later. Great decision at the time. Crazy decision. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, you never really know what's like what the future is going to be holding at that point, right? So, yeah. Um, Jeff, I want to get into who are some of the designers or brands that you currently look up to, and what uh, what what about them do you like? Um, yeah, this is this is a question that I kind of like battled. I talked to my wife about this actually earlier on a, on a walk. I didn't want to come across as like this jerk or whatever, but like. I don't know. Like I said, I'm 37. Uh, I kind of came from a time where you had to find your own way and there was no Instagram and there was no, it was almost like, like I'm a punk rock skate kid, uh, growing up in the Detroit concert scene era. Like, you know, like that, that's like a punk rock hardcore scene was huge down here. Um, and like you, you would get, you would to find music. You had to like, know, or you had to find it or like you had to get that, like, that like victory or fat records uh, compilation, you know, to, to, to find out that new band. Whereas nowadays, like you're just like, I mean, not, not I mean, I use Spotify all day. Don't get me wrong. Uh, it's actually what I listen to this podcast on, <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but like, it's just so much easier nowadays. Like you don't have to have that like vested interest in, in, in something. Um, so, so without sounding like a complete jerk, uh, I don't really, I will get into who inspires me, but like, I don't really follow anybody or I don't really care what other people are doing. Like I, 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 um, like what they do and I see it and I'm like, wow, that's awesome. I love that. But I don't necessarily follow or care. Like even, even if I like somebody, I'm like, Oh, okay. Like that's awesome. But I don't follow them and I don't know what they're doing next. Uh, which is 
I mean, good, but also kind of, I'm just 37. I don't know. Yeah. I so, but at the same time, so you like look at it, you appreciate it and you know, you'll like it or you'll comment on it or something like that, but you're, you're showing support even though you're not following yeah, I don't it. Be or... them. Like I don't want to be them. Like I'm mm-hmm. me, um, which like, which I don't mean to sound like a dick that way, but like, it just, I don't know. That's just how I I've always been. Yeah. But I mean, people that, people that, um, that I, that I kind of, looked up to in a sense getting into this uh would definitely be uh the the main person uh once again i don't even know what he did last week (laughs) but but it was uh shag uh i don't know if you know who shag is no but he's um he's i mean he's been around forever he's like almost like a uh, tiki like tiki vector art uh kind of um and all but the funny part is is and if you look at my haunted zoo stuff so this is going to be kind of more of an interview about haunted zoo i guess I mean, I do design as well, but like most of my life revolves around like the, the art scene kind of mm-hmm. yeah. stuff. Gig posters. I hear you guys talk about gig posters. I did gig posters before, like back in the day. Yeah. Uh, actually, that's who kind of inspired me to get into it as well. Brian Ewing, who did all the Warp Tour posters. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we became friends on Warp Tour and stuff like that. But anyway, getting back to the actual question. <laughs> um, yeah, like I, I, I was into Shag and then Paul Frank. Which I and I didn't even know what Paul Frank was or if Paul Frank was a person or whatever, but you'd see it pop up <laughs> in the malls, in the malls and stuff like that. And I just love that like super simplistic, cutesy characters, um, which then is basically what I do to a certain extent. Um, but I thought it was Shag that was doing that, and then I came to find out that it was actually a whole other whole other person that actually kind of got Shag to help out with some art and, mm-hmm. and whatnot. Um, but then again, like with the whole Detroit connection. Uh, and Kid Robot and toys and street art and stuff like that. Uh, in the early days, Tristan Eaton. Um, and Tristan Eaton is unreal nowadays. Like, I don't know if you know what Tristan Eaton is, but. Uh, oh, that's a new one too. Oh, man, check him out. He's, uh, well, he just did all the stuff for the Super Bowl. Uh, wow. all, the, all the art for the Super Bowl there. Um, but his, his, new, his like, new style is off the charts. Um, but yeah, that's like just from the Detroit connection, like that kind of. That kind of got me going back in the day when I was like, you know, 17, 18. Like, oh, my God, this guy's from Detroit. He's making stuff for Kid Robot. Um, or no, I was actually not. I've been 20 or so. Yeah, never mind. Um, but then and then like back in the day, it, it was far and few between to find these artists. But like uh, it was like Cause or, or like Delete, uh, I guess. I don't even know how you say it, but I've known what he's done for a million years. Uh, anything out of like the Juxtapose uh, kind of magazine um, mm-hmm. back in the day, I was just all over it. Uh, and I was doing stuff in that, in that realm as well, back in when I was in Vancouver, um, in those, in those years, but actually funny enough, speaking about new deal earlier, um, I didn't even know, like, I don't, I didn't know what was out there. I didn't know that people actually had these jobs or, or that people created this whole culture, right? Like I was kind of somewhat shadowed, I guess. Um, but I was in, Van- I was in Vegas for the, for the magic show, mm-hmm. uh, which is a clothing show. And I had little, uh, postcards with me to hand out and I went into this booth and gave a postcard to a, a lady that was working one of the booths and she came out and she was like, um, Oh, do you have a minute? Uh, Andy wants to meet you. I'm like, sure. Yeah, that's, yeah, let's do it. And, uh, like Andy who she's like Andy Howell. I'm like, Oh, okay. Who's that? I'm like, it's cool. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so he comes out we're chit chatting a bit and he starts telling me who he is and what he's done. He, he started new deal. I think he did some stuff with element and he turns out it's like the Oprah of skateboarding. <laughs> I'm like, holy shit. I'm like, I wanted to be you my whole life and I didn't even know you existed. Like, you know, like, <laughs> You're a real um, person. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, holy Christ. 
And uh, so, yeah, he was a super cool guy. And, like, we chatted a bunch of times. And, like, he gave, ended up giving me his book. And, uh, and, and it, it really inspired me to, like, kind of get things going a, a bit more. And, and that's the thing. I moved to Vancouver as, like, I mean, relatively nobody. Um, and with and very, very quickly, which we can get into in a couple other questions here, uh, I started to kind of, uh, I guess, quote, be somebody or, like, be in the scene or be asked to be in shows. and. Mm-hmm. Uh, almost creating the, 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 the scene to an extent. Um, but yeah, he really helped. But like the one, the one artist, I guess that I could say that I have the most contact with that has the biggest kind of following is, uh, my buddy, uh, denial. I don't know if you know who denial is, but he's a, uh, street artist out of Windsor here as well. We've been friends since we were, fuck, I don't know, 15, 20. Um, and, uh, he inspires me in a sense of, I mean, his artwork is great. Uh, but he inspires me in a, in a way of just seeing how hard he works. Like he works like so hard in and out all day, every day. Uh, and just beginning to witness like his rise, I guess you would say like he's doing shows now with shepherd fairy and, and, uh, a bunch of those artists and even Andy Howell, like he had a show or a thing with him and I actually helped him epoxy some of those pieces. And like, so it's just cool to see, to see the rise of, of, uh, somebody you know and and being able to kind of you know be there be there with them and that's awesome but, there's so much so much talent there name dropped and you know with the way like you laid it out sort of almost chronologically is like impact and introduction and impact and introduction and you know taking those steps right because really it goes from you doing your work and creating your work your way. And then at some point, some interaction, some meeting, some postcard handover flicks yeah. a switch and starts accelerating things. Yes. And you couldn't even predict it, but you just kept no. doing you and your work and just trying to get out there. Just keep trying, keep trying. Yeah. Well, and funny enough, that same postcard at the time I had a clothing company called Fathom Clothing. That, mm-hmm. that was like, that was the original, um, Warp tour, like we can get into that, but that's a whole that's a whole other thing. Um, I actually picked up a client that, out of the UK uh, at a bus stop in Vegas. Uh, just with <laughs> postcard. They, they, had, they had two locations and sold the clothes. <laughs> sold the clothes there. <laughs> but yeah, it, it is funny just how how things happen. Just wild. Um, so Jeff, the next thing I want to get into is I want to get into some of the challenges, some of the tough points in life. Um, and so the next couple of questions, two or three of them here. We'll dive into mistakes that you made, lessons you learned, things like that. And I want to pull those stories out of you. We'll okay. finish up in a happy place, I promise. But let's get through some of the dirt here. Um, so what what has been the most challenging period of time in your career so far? Um, why was it challenging and how did you get through it? Uh, yeah. Okay. So that's perfect because I think a lot of people think of like projects mm-hmm. um, kind of when you, when you say that. But uh, I thought of it in a, in a little bit of a different way. Yeah. Um, and one of the biggest challenges I find, I, I, well, I found, uh, especially living in Vancouver, it's a very, it's a expensive spot. Um, you need to make money. Uh, but yeah, I, like keeping the biggest challenge, I guess, would be at a younger, at a younger time of like keeping your integrity and like keeping, keeping the pricing uh, that, that you, you know, put forward. It's so easy to be like, oh, I want, you know, whatever 10 grand for that mm-hmm. oh i only got 20 bucks okay i'll take it <laughs> you know what i mean like you know like, yes I need, I need i need to buy beer tonight or like whatever it is like mm-hmm. 
to, to, and I never did. I never wavered on that. And I mean, and it, and it, it hurt a lot of times. Like, um, it's either you almost have to do it for free or for the price. There's no in between. Yeah. Uh, because as soon as you start lowering prices, then people, people kind of, you know, you're that guy that lowers prices. And for whatever reason, I don't know why, but I've heard this over the years, the better the deal you give somebody or whatever, or the cheaper the price, even if it's a buddy, the so much more work. Like, you know, Always. you charge somebody, you, you charge somebody top dollar and they just go, Oh my God, it's awesome. We yeah. love it. But then you go, oh, I'll do it for cheaper. They're like, we need this change. We need that. I need pink. Why do you need pink? My grandma likes pink. Why, who the fuck cares what your grandma likes? <laughs> you know, it's just like this whole thing. And it's like a billion more hours for something like, oh, you, you wanted a postcard? Yeah. And now I have 7,000 hours invested in this postcard yeah. for 12 bucks. So, yeah, like, um, sorry, the little tangent. <laughs> <laughs> but but, uh, but there was that, like the, the, uh, the keeping integrity and pricing. But also, like, uh, like staying in the game and not giving up. Like there was so many times, uh, I mean, still getting an art job per se, but like there was so many times in Vancouver where I was just like, what am I doing? Like, I need to get a job. Like I need to, I need to get a real job. Like what, why, who do, I think thoughts, I, yeah. who do I think I am? You know, you know, doing this like, yeah. And this is funny cause I already went through the whole work tour phase of it, which I haven't talked about yet, but like, and then going to Vancouver thinking I'm somebody and then being like, Oh wait, I need money. <laughs> you know, like I, I have to, I have to just work at Subway and be a Subway artist, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> um, but then I, but I, but I also, I never did. I always, I always was a, uh, like a bartender or server, uh, because I found that was the easiest, most flexible, uh, job where you can like trade shifts, make lots of money in short amount of time, mm-hmm. uh, short periods of time, leave, go to do the West Whistler, uh, tell us, uh, ski and snowboard festival. If I want to, I can peace out for 10 days, uh, like stuff like that. So I needed to have that higher income, less work hours so I could do my own stuff. Um, but like to get an actual job was, was, was scary. Um, and, uh, so the most, the most challenging thing was just beating my own conscious. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you can do this, stick through it, stick through it. Cause the thing is, as soon as you give up that next week you were meeting, whatever, Oprah or you know what yeah, I mean? And yeah, there, no, you, you could meet somebody that changes, that changes your life. So like, yeah, so there was that. And the funny part was, is any job that I did interview for, um, and one of them actually was Purdy's, like out in Vancouver there. Nice. Um, and I came like, I was like, it was between me and this other person, but it was, it was kind of funny because every job that I ever interviewed for people like see my resume and they'd say either a, that I'm overqualified or B like you already did all this stuff in life. Like you're already on warp two. You already did this. You had shirts on MTV, blah, blah, blah. Like, like why the hell do you want to work here? And like, <laughs> And I had to try and still keep cool and be like, oh, I just want a new challenge. But in my head, in my head I was like, I need to pay rent, man. Like, you know, <laughs> exactly. like, like I need some money. Like, I need to make my parents proud. Like, you know, like, yeah. whatever it was. But, but you know, you should try and keep that front about, uh, front up as well. But uh, the, And I never got hired anywhere because they were just like, you're going to be bored here. Like, why the hell would you want to do any of this stuff? That's so um, true. And, that battle with conscience. Like, that yeah. is – that if anytime you're – creating you're trying to exceed a new challenge you're trying to do something new um man just that balance and self-awareness to know when to keep going and when to actually shut her down yeah like massive struggle well that's the thing you have people that like like i said i i, I keep saying we, I, i'll have to get into it at some point but like this whole work tour thing of like doing all this and, and having bands wearing shirts and 
and all that. Like I've already done this. It's already it's already been a, a prototyped, if you will. Um, so now I'm actually re-getting into it now. So it's kind of funny because some people will be like, "Oh, are you sure it's going to work?" I'm like, "It already worked. It was just <laughs> it, it, like it was just ten years ago, and I was I was a younger person that had different cares and wants. I'm like, now I you know now I have my own studio, I have a house, a family, a wife, a, a child." Uh, my life is completely different. I don't care. Like my, my night doesn't consist of like, oh, it's gonna be so sweet to go drink beers with these bands and and high five them and then yeah. like wake up wake up on someone's carpet. I'm like, well, no, I mean that'd be great. I'd still do that once in a while, but like, <laughs> but I'm like, I'm gonna wake up at my house in my bed, <laughs> you know, like with my kid in the morning and make breakfast. And so so it's a whole different thing, and it's a different. I'm not so much concerned about like people going, oh, that guy's cool. Well, no. Let's just make some money. Let's let's do some art and let's make some money, and and everybody wins, you know. Yeah, being so creative little- and having you know the realities of a paying, like realities of bills and being able to pay those bills, doing what you love, like that's a big deal. That's one hundred percent. Yeah. Okay, Jeff. I want to get a little bit more specific now. I want you to take me now to a specific design or a specific project that you were a part of that did not go well or bring the desired result. What was that like? How did that feel? Can you take us to that story? Um, yeah, I, it's, I guess it's not so much a project. I have a couple of funny stories, I guess. Cause like I, I, I learned pretty early on in, in my, cause I, I never actually worked for anybody. Mm-hmm. So I never worked for anybody. I've Despite never trying, for you never, you never did. Yeah. I never, I've always had to do my own thing. Um, so I, I learned very early on about like contracts and getting paid and mm-hmm. getting your 50% deposit and stuff. So like, besides like the, the petty stuff, like, Oh, some guy ripped me off for 200 bucks. Like it's not a, that good of a story. <laughs> um, but like the, I guess one funny thing that, that happened was, uh, some guy ordered business cards and, uh, he got them like whatever they were, he got them, whatever. And then he met, he calls me up and he says, Hey man, uh, there's something wrong on these business cards. So oh, what's wrong? He goes, my email address is wrong. I'm like, Oh really? I'm like, you proofed them. And uh, he's like, yeah, it's wrong. So I go and check the emails and I'm like, no, that's exactly what you want. He goes, well, yeah, but since we talked last, I changed my email address. So you're going to have to reprint these. And I'm like, <laughs> no, dude. I'm like, I'm like, that is not how it works. And he's like, oh, well, if you don't reprint them, I'm not working with you again. I'm like, oh, we're already not working together again. Yeah. <laughs> like if that's your, if that's how you want to, how you want to do things. The fact like, that you brought this to my attention is yeah, why we're like, not working again. Yeah. I'm like, who do you think you are? <laughs> I'm like, oh, you know, some, like, who do you, you know, your Walmart or something? Like you, you, your project was like $160 or something, you know, like, like you yeah. know, but so that's a kind of a funny story of just like something not going well, but then being able to be like, all right, <laughs> but, but like a real, an actual, like, so the first time ever. And like, so to get on warp tour, like the first time, like once you got on it, then I had all the contacts, but like mm-hmm. to get on it back in the day. And like, like I said, it was like, I literally didn't have much. Like it was, I think the only band that I sponsored I don't, and i don't even know if i did at that point no, i don't even think i did um but poison the well is a band out of florida like a okay. hardcore kind of band and i gave them the first shirt it's funny listen to this so i go to detroit and uh i give poison the well the first fathom shirts ever created off mm-hmm. the press i think they were still warm when i when i went over there and uh yeah don't touch them the ink's not dry yet <laughs> yeah pretty much and uh so i gave it to the because they were my favorite band they kind of still are um and uh i gave him the shirts and i was like okay cool great whatever and that's when i met them and whatever and this little band that was not going anywhere was opening for him and i actually talked to those guys a little bit more and uh i don't know they turned out to be a band called rise against 
but uh, they were opening for Poison the Well. But yeah, I'm so glad I didn't get them to wear the clothes the 700 times that I uh, was it was on tour with them. Yeah. <laughs> but but uh, but anyway, so what happened was I went to Warp Tour and I'm like, oh, it's Warp Tour. They're going to be super organized, right? Like of course, and this is like 2001 or two. Okay. Uh, and uh, so I roll up. I got my couple of buddies. I got the clothes all made. I roll up to get in, and they're like, "Oh, where's your like documentation?" I don't know. Don't you guys have me on a list? They're like, "No, like we need to see your document." And this is like, okay, like I said, this is two thousand ish, two thousand one. So like, it wasn't like now where you're just like, "Oh, let me like pull up my app." Like, like yeah, exactly. It's a bigger deal. This did not exist. Like, you didn't have this kind of stuff on your phone at that time. And uh, I was like, "Well, no, like I, I I'm here." And they're like, "Well, how much did you pay to get a booth?" And I think it was like 250 bucks or something or like a hundred bucks at the time. And Warp Tour kept their prices low, like up until like last year, like now it's done. Uh, but like you can get a booth on Warp Tour if you go through Warp Tour mm-hmm. uh, for like 200 bucks or whatever, like big punk rock way, you know, whatever. And uh, they were like laughing at me. They're like, they're like oh, it costs a thousand bucks for a booth because people were, people were sub, uh, subletting them. Oh, crazy. No, man, I'm telling you. And I didn't have phone numbers. I didn't have whatever. And so I, this, so this is how screwed up it was. So I had to find, I had to drive to Barry, or like, no, it was like a half hour, 40 minutes from like wherever Warp Tour was in Toronto. And I had to go to an internet cafe. So that dates me. <laughs> yeah. And I had to call my cousin, who's like this like computer whiz at the time, that had to like go get an old hard drive that he took out of my computer like two weeks before to find the emails and send me the emails and all this. So I finally got everything. It was like this most hectic thing ever. I get back to the work to your gates and I'm like, I found the emails. I got them right here. And they're like, oh yeah, right after you left, they came and said that you were like cool to come in or whatever. I'm like, what are you so, so it was like it was like 10 minutes till door. So they were just like, go right here. And I go right here and it was right next to Poison the Well. Nice. So it was crazy. So they were like, hey, what's up? And they remembered that I gave them these shirts or whatever, because at that time I didn't really, really know them. And uh, but they were one of the biggest bands on the tour. So the booth was packed. Like, so that got me the kind of the rise. And then I ended up talking to a bunch of other bands and things like that. Um, but yeah, so that was like something that did not go well, which ended up turning out going well. Yeah, totally. <laughs> what a curveball. Oh, Back my in God. The Internet cool. cafe days. Love that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's okay, so I want to turn this bus around here now, Jeff. And I'm sure you've got a different story for this one. But I want you now to tell me about a project that you have been a part of that you are the most proud of, something that just makes your heart sing. Okay, so I, I know a lot of people go with. I mean, I could. I'll, I'll just say a little, a little tidbit of something, and then I'll go into like what I actually want to say. Everybody always goes into the whole, the whole charity thing. Um, I, I used to throw charity concerts uh, every year mm-hmm. uh, around Christmas time, whether it was to buy kids presents that that didn't have money, or whether it was like burn victims or cancer victim like uh, for kids mm-hmm. um so i used to do that back in the day uh, i'm proud of that but that's that's the, that's, the, that's the easy answer uh now i'm gonna be selfish uh <laughs> but uh the so the, the thing that it's not so much that i'm proud of it's a, I, I think it's the thing that got me going like it's the thing that gave me the kick in the ass basically to to, to get things going um so that's why i'm proud of it um but so getting back to what i was saying in the in, earlier so I moved to Vancouver and I saw any guys out there uh, will know this. As you as you urinate at a urinal, <laughs> at a, at a bar, uh, there's usually a poster in front of your face. Yeah. And it's in a metal frame. And I think at this time, I think it might be Zoom now, but at this time it was a company called Newad. Not still Newad. 
Oh, it's still new at? Okay. And this was on like, this was right off of Burrard Bridge, two or three streets up. I forget what the street's called. Mm -hmm. Burrard and uh, whatever. Anyway. Uh, so I was, I was walking home one night and I saw this new ad car and I just got to Vancouver. I didn't even live. I didn't even have my own spot yet. I was staying at a buddy's house and I stuck my card in the windshield wiper. And a couple of days later I got an email or a call. I don't remember. It's 150 years ago, <laughs> but, uh, they, uh, they were like, Oh, we saw your art and stuff. We like it. We're having a snowboard design contest. Do you want, you should enter it. Oh, okay, cool. Actually, the snowboards. All right, I forgot that we're not on video, but you're on video. Yeah. This is a, this is a skateboard version of that snowboard. Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> but but, uh, but anyway, so um, what happened was I a hundred artists, I think it was, uh, submitted uh, submitted designs for the snowboard. Okay. And basically, uh, they picked. So they, they narrowed it down after that to uh, I think it was eight people. Uh, and then those eight people had to write uh, a little story about why they made the snowboard design that they did. Okay. So I did that. And then out of those eight, they picked five. And I was one of the five. And then they actually made those snowboards. Uh, and they had them on display at Comar on uh, 4th and Burrard there. Mm-hmm. This, uh, and then they had them on display in front of the art gallery. Nice. And they had them on display at the uh, Teleski and Snowboard uh, Festival up in Whistler. And this is, back, like I said, back in the day. Uh, so it was a texting thing where you had to text uh, what board you voted for. Okay. So you had to text like when it, it was back. I think it was called T three or whatever. It was like. Oh yeah 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 totally. Dude, I got so fast at that. Is that called T three? I don't even remember what it was called. Anyway, so like that was back in that day. So basically, what happened was they made these boards and people started voting on them. First place was five grand, which at that time was a ton of cash. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so uh, anyway, second prize was a phone call telling you that you didn't win five grand. <laughs> and, and I came in second. Oh. Uh, but but the, 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 the silver lining, I guess, was the fact of like, I literally got to Vancouver. I didn't even have a spot yet. Like I literally got to Vancouver as a nobody. And then all of a sudden, thousands of people saw this board all over and it had my, my like signature B on it. Um, and I was like, oh, which I can get into a whole other story about that. But like, I was like, oh, this is the haunted zoo. So like, that's, that's why I'm proud of it. Cause like, that's where the haunted zoo came from. Yeah. Um, at that point that was haunted zoo. I, uh, it wasn't haunted zoo on the, on the board. It was just some illustrations that I had. Um, See, so that, that's cool. And it still kind of ties into, you know, not always being charitable, but impactful, for your career, you didn't get a big fat paycheck out of that. You didn't make a ton of money on it. In fact, you probably didn't make any money on that. I lost money on it. <laughs> yeah, you lost money on it. But what it did is it inspired something within you. It it brought something to life that would then change your career and you know really accelerate that. So that's a big deal in itself. That's awesome. Oh yeah. So like, but like anything like so something currently that I'm doing um, that you might have seen. I, I posted it. Uh, it just finished up. But uh, I did a Haunted Zoo uh, Essential Workers um, uh, poster with a bunch. So I turned a bunch of my characters into um, essential workers. Oh, that's uh, cool. So, so like every day kind of had um, had uh, a different, you know, a nurse, uh, an accountant, a garbage, uh, garbage sanitation person, yeah. uh, a grocer, um, whatever, whatever, whatever it may be. Um, but then what I'm going to start, so this isn't coming out tomorrow, so I can talk about it because by the time this comes out, it'll be yep. done. Yep. 
but uh but yeah so what i'm doing is um right now actually you can probably see behind me all these little canvases that are on the couch there yep. but uh so I, i'm gonna paint 19 uh versions of my b with a with a mask on mm-hmm. so so that they're like covid you know the like, COVID like they're they're never, they're never ever getting made again mm-hmm. uh and what you what you're gonna have to do is you're gonna have to um nominate or or speak about someone that you think has done a really good job in this in this uh in this time uh and then i'm gonna so I'm gonna, it's like a gift away so it's basically a thank That's you cool. like thank you nurse tina or like whatever like yeah. Thank you for doing your job. This is something you can hang on your wall to remember and or hopefully maybe forget <laughs> uh, just to bring some joy to people, right? Yeah, for uh, sure. And I'm doing all this on like weird stuff. So I usually paint a little bit differently. Um, but it, this is like just the supplies that, that I have on deck right now. Wood that I had in my attic that I'm just cutting into squares. And I'm like but, – but my real paintings don't aren't on that kind of wood. Mm-hmm. I'm not using – I'm not using varnish. I'm using epoxy. Like So there's a couple – so it's, it's a cool little weird thing. Um, so, I mean, I guess like, can I be proud of it before it even happens? I don't know. Yeah. Man, if it <laughs> makes you feel good, of course you can. <laughs> but I can do whatever I want. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, Jeff. I love those stories that you shared. Thanks so much for bringing those up. Um, I'm going to wrap it up here with what I like to call the ask it forward question. This is where I have a question for you from my last guest and you get the opportunity to ask a question of my next guest. I'm not going to tell you who they are, but you can ask them anything. So my last guest was Adam Weedman. He's the owner and designer at Weed Co. out of Moorhead, Minnesota. He wanted to ask, and I love this question. We had a nice little debate about it. If you had a pool full of M&Ms, do you think you could walk across it? Me? I don't know. I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, is it possible? (laughs) Is it possible to walk across it? (laughs) A regular size human? Maybe. Probably not. Probably probably not me. Uh, I don't know. You know what? I, I I would like to think no, because I could sink into it and then eat my way out. But uh, I don't know. That's a a good question. (laughs) See, my answer, I don't think you can. And here's why M&Ms are so slippery that like, as soon as you put your foot down, like you got to spread out the weight somehow. You need more surface area. A footprint is not enough. I think it would all just kind of slide around you. I don't know how. I don't know how dense these things are. I'm not sure. I haven't. I haven't had M and M's in quite some time. This is like a. <laughs> this is a YouTube experiment waiting to happen. Oh, sorry. I was thinking about Skittles. Yeah, M and M's. Oh no, M and M's for sure. You can walk across. You really? <laughs> I don't know. Man, he's he, You are so confident about that. <laughs> Are they going to melt in your hand? Or, they don't melt on your feet. So. Well, you got to walk fast, I guess, <laughs> unless you're wearing shoes. But then you couldn't eat them after because you're on the beach. Uh, I've been camping before. I can, I can eat them. <laughs> <laughs> awesome, man. Well, uh, Jeff, what is your ask it forward question from my next guest? All righty. I want to know. This is this this is this gets my blood boiling. But like, so so for example, you go to a, a fancy restaurant. Mm-hmm. And I want to I want to know why you go to these fancy pasta houses, and these chefs leave the tail on the shrimp. How is that fancy? I got to get sauce up to my elbows on taking these tails off, and I'm supposed to be fancy. So what what's going on here? I'm Where's paying enough that this should be prepared for me. Yeah, take tails off. What are you doing? <laughs> so so I, I, so I want this person to tell me what they think about about these tails. What do you think about chefs leaving tails on the shrimp? <laughs> I love it. 
Jeff, thank you so much for being my guest today, man. It was awesome chatting with you. Love the work that you're doing. And um, and yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing the results of that COVID-19 uh, support project you're doing. All right, that is the end of today's episode. Thank you so much, everybody, for listening today. If you want to see more of what Jeff has cooking, head over to hauntedzoo.com. I love the little bee, sort of the main illustration um, for the Haunted Zoo stuff. It looks really cool. Definitely go check it out, hauntedzoo.com. Thanks, and we'll see you later.